There's a big challenge, right, for brands to actually understand how do I create a strategy when it comes to apply a new technology? Well, there are so many different avenues, but really starting with the audience, where they are, how they interact with one another, what communities are forming and how you can tap in and add value to those and in order to extract learnings, I think is a really smart first step. Basically easing people in that aren't crypto native or aren't like gaming native. When you make it a part of an integrated marketing campaign overall, there's someone, some a bit for everyone, and then you can get the mass more involved. We are creating digital personas differently across social platforms because we are behaving differently in each social platform. Brands will have to understand customer behavior and the two, you know, two, two verticals on offline and online. Hi everyone, I'm Mara Genovese. I'm the founder and president of MG Power, a fully integrated marketing powerhouse agency. And this is our Influencer Marketing Uncovered podcast. Welcome. Today, we will explore some topics. I'm really excited and fascinated about it. Metaverse, creativity, and immersive experience. Our guest, very special guest, is Sunfield. He is the Director of Innovation and Creative Partnership for Yahoo Creative Studio, a branded content studio working with a multidisciplinary team of filmmakers, editors, designers, photographers, strategists, and technologists developing data-led content experience. And to share this conversation with me, as you know, every week I have a special guest co-hosting with me. And today I have Ross, our senior design manager here at MG Power. So I'm very excited to have Ross here with me for the second time. So Ross, it was about time for you to come <laughs> back, was. right? It was. Hi, Mara. Thank you so much for having me on again for our second Influence Marketing Uncovered podcast. Um, what an exciting topic that we have this week, especially um, with Sam joining us. Um, our guest is a top mind when it comes to content um, creation, helping brands to understand how to creatively, um, creatively and effectively adopt these new emerging technologies, especially in the Web3 space and, and uh, all digital experiences. So it's a pleasure to have you on, Sam. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, sir. Very excited to have you here. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, son, like we have so many, you know, to talk about it. And as I said at the beginning of you know, my introduction, I'm very fascinated about the world of Web3, but I still have a lot of questions that I wanted to, you know, to understand myself of like how we're going to actually move in towards that direction of experience and of course Web3 or when it comes to metaverse, NFT and crypto and all of, you know, those Web3 uh, technologies, innovation that's coming in our way. So you are one of you know like I've, we, we've read a I especially i read a lot about your experience and for what i could do throughout my research you have been uh, a very early adopted of new technologies and innovation throughout your career path so to start with tell us a little bit about you about your career and how you got to this point of you know being very very you know ahead of the game when it comes to new technologies and disruption yeah well i i've been working in kind of digital media for a long time at the bbc i worked for top gear for a long time running partnerships for, for them and I, I joined um the company i work for now yahoo when they were being bought by verizon and verizon 
you know, as you know, one of the biggest companies in the world, but, but a, yes, a telco, but really a, a global technology company. Um, so the, the amalgamation of that business with the more traditional media business that sit on lots of technology, a huge kind of unified tech stack, and being able to leverage that in, in brand storytelling was really exciting. Um, the Verizon pioneers in 5G, there's a lot that they're investing in considering um, the idea that um, you know, connectivity is going to fuel creativity and more immersive experiences. So um, Yahoo, the business I work for now, is, uh, is an independent of Verizon now. We, we have a studio that, that helps brands to embrace emerging technology in their brand storytelling. We focus really across branded content, XR, gaming, and creative technology, and increasingly, you know, virtual world building, um, integrated gaming solutions, and sort of tapping into that 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 next sort of Web three and next iteration of, of the internet. The other thing we've done is we've built a um, a studio in, in central London in in Holborn that is a combination of traditional and next generation content creation. So we have a traditional 4K broadcast studio, but we also have an XR stage. So LED walls, LED floor allows us to create really immersive storytelling, next generation branded content. It doubles as a, as a motion capture studio. So we can create avatars performing in, in, in against these virtual spaces. And we're also building sort of 3D capture spaces. So photogrammetry for 3D objects and people or, or volumetric video that creates holograms of, of performers, um, which is where we're seeing the entertainment industry moving now towards that type of capture. Things, films like Aquaman, all of the fight scenes were done using volumetric capture, for example. So for us, it's about how do we take next-gen technology trends and, and technology and make them more accessible to our brand partners, advertisers in their day-to-day -day brand storytelling. Very, very interesting. Like what I like listening to you saying, like like you're like working with brands to help them to actually, you know, uh, discover, you know, how to create experience into Web three or more experiential um, for their brands. How how because there's a big challenge, right, for brands to actually understand how do I create a strategy when it comes to apply a new technology especially now everyone is talking about metaverse and then there is this you know a round of conversation around you know especially with the clients that we work with like do we actually need to go to metaverse like if we do what is the strategy we need to be taking place to actually enter into this new universe how 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 do you see as a challenge for brands when it comes to you know embracing new technology because you have to have a purpose, right, in order for you to create those experiences. Because to my perspective, you cannot just, you know, just because everyone is creating, you know, experience on like VR experience, augmented reality, or even metaverse is necessary that you have to jump straight into it. So how as how Yahoo Studio are, you know, approaching that with the clients that you have and how are you, you know, creating a strategy that makes sense for them and for their customer? Yeah, I think it's a really good point. That the idea that the first thing is why, what, why are you entering that space? You know, and and I think it, often a brand may want to take a leap into a new technology trend or a new form of creative um, 
because fame or everybody else is doing it. And I think it's really important to take stock and say, okay, well, why are we going there? Is it because our audience is migrating there? Is it because we want to attract a new, younger, uh, more innovative audience? Is there a new revenue stream we want to tap into? Like, There's, there's many ways or reasons for going into that space, but, but often brands are jumping in because other brands are. And often they're, they're hearing in the press, oh, brand X has done this, brand Y has done that. And often those... They may be just test and learn campaigns that they're doing, you know, in isolation, and they're just taking learnings from them. But so the brands seeing them in market, they're thinking, well, everyone's doing it but us. And there's some truth for that, but but not always what you see in the press is quite as it as it exists behind behind closed doors. So I think understanding why, first of all, that they're, they're doing it and really defining that. Second of all, how do they want to show up? What are the audience they want to to tap into? Where is that audience? And how is that community audience behaving right now? And how do they want brands to interact with their space? In this space, people are accepting of brands who come in and activate, but typically they want them to activate in a way that is authentic uh, and adds value to their experience. So understanding kind of what is the, the position and cultural relevance of your brand in the space of so being realistic about about how you show up is, is is really important. So there are lots of challenges because you could go into so many places from NFT profile, picture profile projects to browser-based virtual worlds, console games, AR, VR, and the list goes on. There are so many different avenues, but really starting with the audience, where they are, how they interact with one another, what communities are forming, and how you can tap in and add value to those in, in order to extract learnings, I think is a really smart first step and are you helping brands to go through that process of research before actually going to the test and learn like a pilot like you you mentioned about like understand if yeah. their consumers are ready to go into that space understand if that's you know that's going to add the value for you know for their for their customer and if you know all of that exercise do you do that for your brand clients before going to a pilot or you do like a pilot first and then as a test and learn as you said and then go and launch what is the what will be the best you know the the best process for a brand to actually jumping into it yeah i think that there are it, dep it depends on their ambitions where they are on their journey we often work with brands who are at the beginning of that journey and and they know you know if you think about the characteristics of what You know, the metaverse promises. The metaverse, to most experts, would say is five or ten years out. The reality is, you know, we're distinguishing between what Web3 is, which is more of a mindset of democratization and decentralization, whereas metaverse is more about the universe in which these virtual worlds and galaxies live and are interoperable. So if we if we're agreed that the metaverse is, is on the horizon over the next five, ten years, what are the characteristics of the experiences that will make it more interoperable. So it might be that the brand wants to test how their products become more interoperable against different ecosystems. It might be that they want to test how they engage audiences in a more 3D virtual space and more of immersive storytelling and, and not even approach the interoperability story until that's more set in stone. It might be they want to see how they test um, rewards in a new and interesting way. It might be they want to integrate NFTs into their rewards program, for example. So it really does depend on the challenge. But I think first and foremost, lots of brands right now are thinking that they want to test how to embrace this more immersive storytelling, whether that's through 
gaming, browser-based 3D worlds or anything in between. I think that's quite a, you know, achievable and accessible way of brands to enter this, this space because, you know, immersive experiences are imprinted in our brain like a memory of something we did as opposed to something we read or watched or listened to and therefore you know the the research suggests we're more likely to talk about it more like to remember it more likely to act on it so it's a pretty good starting place for, for a lot of brands um you know we, we, we we've worked with selfridges in the last sort of 12 to 18 months where we helped them to create uh, an immersive storytelling experience that was based on a partnership they have with the streetwear designer Charlie Cohen who had a Pokemon collection to celebrate 25 years of, of Pikachu um, and it was an immersive experience called Electric City where audiences could on them on their phones on their tablets on their desktops and you know not not downloading an app not putting on a headset but just jumping into a browser-based virtual world but they could shop the physical collection but they could also shop digital only collections it was the first time Selfridges had ever tested digital wearables, selling digital wearables. And they wanted to understand what the uh, what the demand would be and how people would react to it and how people would navigate this virtual space. And they used Electric City as the backdrop for the digital experience, but it was also the window display. It was also the pop-up in store. We shot the content for the actual adverts that ran across digital media from within the game engine itself. So it became a very consistent look and feel that was this kind of celebration of fashion capitals around the world with a cyberpunk and Pikachu kind of twist on, on the experience. So that was, you know, a combination of a, a paid partnership with elements of proof of concept, with elements of co-funding, you know, shared revenue, very collaborative, very much a pilot, but, you know, went on to inform the more work they did. They went into Metaverse Fashion Week with um, Paco Rabanne last year as well it's sort of the beginning of the journey for them and the response was 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 incredible yeah i was about to ask the response what what was what what was the response of it i thought this self is a good it's good that you mentioned about selfridge because that was uh, you know i i was navigating myself this morning and then yeah. congrats yeah. looks like looks incredible i could not shop because apparently it's now sold out and there's no more you know uh, shopping there but I managed yeah. to have uh, you know a little bit of experience, and and, and it was like as you said for Selfridge was quite of a, you know an innovative approach that they 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 jump into it. And, but I think I love the the fact that you know brands like Selfridge that I I are open to test and learn because if you don't do it, how we would know how your you know how your consumers will react to it. Uh, so how was the response? Was a positive response? Response, I mean, the response, not only, I mean, first of all, the response from the press was, was, was incredible. You know, lots of people messaging me from who are building their own metaverses saying, you know, predicting how much it costs and how many people built it and how long they it was. They love to know cost. You know, yeah. it, it was very, it was very, you know, we did it, it wasn't, it wasn't a hugely expensive project. It was, it was accessible. We, we try everything we do. We try to use web-based technologies so they scale and they can be measured and they're not going to cost incredible amounts we have in-house resources um, but at the same time we want to make sure they're really accessible for, for audiences you know you point and click we, we don't have sort of gaming controls and awsd keys and mouse compact you know it is point and click and explore it that way so it's kind of gently introducing people to the idea of a more immersive more spatial way of of shopping um, you know and there are other platforms if you want avatars and you want to have blockchain integrated I mean, we, we had nfts integrated we didn't call them nfts 
You know, you could buy them through Shopify. You bought them with a credit card or Apple Pay or Android Pay. You got a uh, a wallet set up for you, which was just a web-based wallet. It didn't talk about NFTs. And within that wallet, you got your digital wearable, which you could then create your avatar with and take it into at the time, 300 different games and applications. Um, it's now about three and a half thousand as that, that platform has grown. And you also got a snap lens that you could dress yourself in the wearables using Snapchat, using the body tracking. So we tried to build utility into the digital collection. And if you were crypto native, you could mint it to your Ethereum address for free. And that was built into the experience, but it wasn't, we didn't lead with NFTs because Salvage wanted more and to understand our audience is interested in dressing their avatars in this collection as well as the physical collection. And, and the answer was that they, you know the digital sales outsold the physical sales by uh, about 30%. So it, it, it did well, it did well. I think we had about 850,000 interactions in the, in the, in the experience um, and it was integrated into their e-com. Uh, it, was, it was hosted within their women's web their site. And it was interesting that we actually we, we, were, we were dealing with the head of women's web buying the global head of women's web buying, Jeannie Lee, was the person we, we dealt with on a day-to-day basis. It wasn't PR and marketing who we normally work with. They did get involved, um, but actually it was, it was from a different perspective and it was quite a sort of refreshing and different approach because it was very much thinking about, you know, the user experience and the collection and the hero in the collection and, and, and the, the brand story. I think that's a really interesting point, especially for the kind of conversations that we're having at the moment um and you touched on it like basically easing people in that aren't crypto native or aren't like gaming native um uh, audience because not everyone has a crypto wallet we do a lot of research <laughs> like here and we do a lot of strategies and it's about not sort of dumbing it down for people but to really just ease them into a i don't know a situation they're more comfortable in so if you add make it more of an integrated campaign with e-commerce involved in it with like what like you mentioned window uh, displays other activations that people can kind of yeah ease themselves into it understand the campaign and then take it that step further when you as because you, you obviously become more interested anyone's going to become more interested when they wear a headset or when oh, they have absolutely. more of an immersive approach to it um but i think yeah. that's fascinating that when you make it a part of an integrated marketing campaign overall there's someone some a bit for everyone and then you can get the mass more involved or the target audience that's less gen z involved so uh, that's that's a really interesting uh, approach to it definitely and it was a similar approach when you talk about kind of non non gaming audiences john lewis was 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 another one we used we used this the the, the platform we built we put the immersive player We, we used it for the john lewis christmas tv ad last last year 2021 um and that was a reward campaign it, it was it was originally briefed in for the main get more views of the main tvc but actually it, they were always going to put that money into into performance because they want to get views of the tvc but the rewards team were really keen to create something that their 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 loyalty customers could access and unlock rewards within so uh we created kind of we took the aesthetic from their their hero asset which was their tv campaign which was the unexpected guest with the the little boy who sees this spaceship crash land into the forest behind his house and it allowed you to kind of live out the narrative beats of that of that boy so the, the beginning of the advert plays you see him see the spaceship and then you appear on his street and you can find the forest and go and find the spaceship and you've hidden in, in the in the forest you see the next part of the advert when you find the spaceship which is where the, the alien girl makes the whole space Christmassy and then there's hidden 
kind of hidden treasures in that in that in that forest. And one of the insights was that John Lewis kept selling out of printers during lockdown. So many families had bought printers during the pandemic because they were homeschooling. They kept selling out of printers. So we we hid it to create kind of more of an analog element to it. We had these paper craft printable paper craft that you could do with your kids. So you print out the spaceship and you build the spaceship out of this paper craft and then you could put moments from the TV ad on your Christmas tree. And then we recreate the home and you could shop the Christmas look, shop the Christmas trees, shop the um, the tableware and so on. And it was really interesting seeing the qualitative research afterwards where we had a, a group of, of John Lewis loyalty card holders. So female 35 to 54 loyalty card holders who are their kind of core audience. Um, so not your traditional Gen Z gamers. Um, and they were they were they were really bought into it. They were saying things like, um, you know, I, you know, they hadn't realised that in the John Lewis Christmas TV ad, everything in the advert was from John Lewis, for example. So by having this immersive experience afterwards, it it it, it shortened the distance between the, kind of the emotion of the advert and the moment of transaction for them to then say, okay, now I've seen the advert, I love the advert, now I can go explore that world, the world the, the world they've put in the advert, I can now go and explore and I can shop. And they're saying things like, you know, now I'm looking at vases and glasses and things that I don't need, but I love. And you know, it's just a really nice to see that kind of come to fruition and in a way that's just very, very simple to use and easy to access. It's funny, we were actually, the team was exploring, we were in the uh, platform earlier having a look around and like I remember the, the advert a lot and it was a fantastic advert, but I never realized while watching yeah. the advert that they had special baubles that they were selling that were obviously in the advert there until we looked at the platform earlier and then looked at the Christmas yeah. tree and then you can shop those specific products. And that's something that I would have always missed or it's everyone true. would have missed. So it's like dissecting that, especially into then transaction amounts, which is like a really, a really interesting way to actually put forward some of the... No, absolutely. Bits. And like, as you mentioned, Ross, about transaction, and I think, Sam, you mentioned that as well. Big question all around immersive experience and metaverse is like, how do you measure mm -hmm. your ROI, right? So because it is not a small investment, yeah. right? We will know that because it's involved technology and it's involved, you know, a ton of people to actually create those experience. But how to measure your ROI when it comes to those experience? It is something that brand should be thinking of measurement now or now is just the time to jumping into it, test and learn, and then understand how to measure late or no. It brands need to have a, a defined KPIs before investing. I think it's really important to set, to agree your measure of success before you go into a test and learn. Even if that measure of success is understanding how people explore a virtual space, you know, or whether it's, I, th I think the whole kind of particularly through the kind of the the, the the hype cycle of nfts and the kind of inflated prices that nfts went through when you know nft art was being auctioned for huge amounts of money through Sotheby's and so on and it became very much about you can make money from this and i think brands have now gone in and had their fingers burned by going in and thinking the measure of success of this will be purely a return on investment or you know a new revenue stream whereas 
lots of brands are also using it very successfully as a as a way of you know, adding to the, to the mix for their for their brand marketing you know in in the same way you have you know a facebook audience an instagram audience a twitter audience tiktok audience you will have you may well have a roblox audience a fortnite audience a decentraland audience whatever that wherever your kind of next conquest audience might be in this in this space and you would treat them differently um i think the other thing to think about in terms of measurement is we we, we participated in a uh, a piece of work by uh, an immersive research company called Gorilla in the Room, and they are Brighton-based, um, predominantly VR, but they do lots of AR and, and the immersive market research. Um, and they talk about how these different platforms make you feel and behave differently. So, you know, 2D web gives you the sensation of viewing something. 3D web gives you the sensation of visiting somewhere. Um, the idea that, uh, for example, gaming, console gaming, you're participating. AR gives you a sense of presence, i.e. the object, the AR object is with you in a space. Whereas VR is a sense of telepresence. You've been transported somewhere else. So these already just across those five different platforms are five different feelings. We talk a lot about metaverse experience. And of course, like we all like linked it to Web3. Let's talk about a little bit about NFT. How do you Ross? Because we are we have just launched our NFT collection here, MG Power, as a test and learn for ourselves to in order to be able to to offer that to our external clients as well. Uh, what's your view on NFT, Ross, and then to link to Sun as well when it comes to Web three and experience? Do you see as an NFT as an experience as well, or I think the area of NFTs that especially interests me the most is the utilities side of them. I think that it's become a little bit of a, a dangerous area to get into sometimes because they can be seen as a sort of a gimmick of an artwork gimmick where a huge amount of money gets paid for it. And, and um, where does it where does it end up from there? Um, but the way that we've got into it is we really wanted to understand the entire um, idea behind NFTs, the technology behind it, the minting process, the artwork and really pair it to our values. So we've had a, a collection where our in-house in creative team has 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 created these that represent our five our five important values to us as 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 a, an agency and and to our um, our clients and and our and our colleagues. And the idea wasn't just to to, to mint them and put them up and and just try and see what um, the reaction would be. It was to basically make it more of an integrated approach to um, who we are as a company, show them in a, in a in a in a beautiful artwork way, but then also show the educational sort of area that we've been studying to understand the technology themselves. So I think you have to go in with a reasonable approach to NFTs to. Un show that you kind of understand and getting into the Web3 space, but don't just do it for the sake of it because it doesn't, you have to be very careful when you <laughs> go into when that space you, because there's a lot of What's your view on NFT, son? NFT combined with metaverse, like how are you guys doing a lot of NFT projects as well? Are you integrating that to experience, virtual experience too? Yeah, I, I, I think NFTs will become a, an important um technology that I probably won't call them NFTs in five years time and there'll be digital collectibles or they'll be integrated into rewards programs and there'll be a way of of, um, of uh, tracking and, and, and ledging you know digital transactions and digital ownership um, and I think they're, they're probably going to be key to the interoperable nature of 
the metaverse, you know, the agreed set of technological principles and interoperability that would be, might be underpinned by NFTs. I think the what was unsustainable was the the, the inflated costs and auction prices that we were seeing. And I think quite quickly it went from um, being all about scarcity and one of ones and, and value through ownership and, and proof of ownership to very quickly becoming, as Rob mentioned, about utility, about unlocking additional utility mm. for, for audiences. And I think that will continue. It's not okay now to just release NFTs to sell because you can own something. And lots of big brands who have great followings are, are making those mistakes now and, and just, oh, we're just going to create them and sell them, uh, but not offering any real utility. And I think if you look at the success of businesses that are being born out of Web3, like Board 8 Yacht Club, whose yeah. principles are all about community and about rewarding its members and about throwing a party and inviting people to it at the stroke to turn up and you know play a surprise gig or... You know the the um, uh, the the gifting to to charities or gift you know sharing of, of of IP. That's the essence of it. I think the the shared equal ownership of the IP of something like Board Ape Yacht Club is the single most interesting thing about about the emergence of NFTs and what they represent because that that turns the idea of IP and ownership on its head. If you think about if you imagine you know, Disney releasing originally the characters of Disney all being different NFTs and you could buy an equal an equal share of that company and create content with it. The the change in how that would go. But I mean, it's it's a weird um, comparison because they've done very well on their own. But (laughs) the the idea that everybody has 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 the right to create with that IP is for me, the, the, the most interesting and the newest element of it. And the fact that, you know, Bordeaux owners have subsequently, you know, got representation for books and films and podcasts and, you know, Jenkins the Valet has released a book where all the other owners of Bordeaux have some agency on the story and the direction it goes in. Some of them have even licensed their characters into that book and they're going to receive royalties from the sales of that, that book. You know, others have released a fast food chain called Bored and Hungry, um, which is using their Bored Ape IP ownership as, a, as an individual owner. You know, and the brands, you know, Adidas came in for a Bored Ape, as well as, you know, Punk's Comic and G-Money Partnership and launched their own NFT collection using that IP. And then they gave their audience access to early drops and discounts and exclusive uh, meet and greets or influencer activity. So, it becomes a, that 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 is a really interesting model where you create something with the express purpose for the community to own it and do what they want with it and monetize it. That's really uh, that for me. Is, that's, that's that's so interesting. You like I picked three words that you've you've mentioned quite a few times: storytelling, content, and now community. Do you think that that three? is actually what's going to make brands to succeed within the Web3. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I think that probably is, they probably are the main spaces. I mean, I think brands need to be realistic about who they are in that space. Yeah. Are they this huge culturally relevant brand, Adidas, Nike, Disney, who have who, who just play in that space and create amazing content? 
Well, they're more, more of a functional brand. Yeah. They're going to add value. But either way, they have to add value to that community, either through entertainment and, you know, people buying into it because they love that IP, or they're adding value through function and making their, making it an easier, more equitable space and allow, perhaps even allowing them to monetize their creations through through this brand's platform or IP or involvement in some way. Um, but I do think storytelling is absolutely key. On, the, on that point, and it's such a fascinating part of the like the digital collectibles and blockchain and, and having this utility and, and almost like turning it into a franchise model or like you said, like you own this part of it and you can then go off and have your own community or, or your own business through it. This still comes back to, I guess, to the point of if you aren't crypto native or you aren't NFT native or you don't understand the chain, like how there's some amazing st like strategies and, and ideas that we've just talked about just now, but how do you, I think that still brings back to our point of like, yeah. how do you do get it. that person to buy into this, like into this, into this model, into this idea when it's so new and so kind of a little bit scary to some people, I think when you, when it's kind of the unknown, um, yeah. what, what, what kind of like, how have you approached that? Yeah, especially if you're like a known gaming generation mm. or like, cause like, for as an example for myself, right? I've, I've never was a, and still, I don't play games into, you know, Roblox or any sort of game, but I'm very interested to myself to experience the metaverse. But how do you, how do you onboard yeah. those? Because of course, like, if you think, I think that's what you, you, your point, Ross, like, because gamers, it's easier to onboard gamers like the Gen Zier that I've been actually playing games for the past two, three years. And we know that during the pandemic, you know, it's when Roblox and Fortnite, like they exploded, right? Because we were all like stuck at home and, you know, especially, you know, the Gen Z generation. So for them, on my perspective, it, it might gonna be easier for them to actually onboard into new experience as metaverse. But how to do the opposite? Yeah. I do think it depends on the on the, the platform and, and the environment because you know if we were talking to brands, who's the reason why we did what we did for John Lewis is because it was easy to onboard. You, you, it's yeah. a click and you're there and it's very Good easy to point. explain and, and you you know you're you're used people are used to. to using a mouse or using their phone, pointing and clicking, I wouldn't probably be recommending doing something in the sandbox or the metaphor um, or Decentraland or something like that to a brand whose audience were not gamers or crypto native or very least, you know, au fait with immersive 3D storytelling. I, 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 mm. it, it would be more of a leap. Or, and it, certainly if I did, I would want to build in some very very clear onboarding in the front end via branded content or via you know landing experience that very very clearly held their held their hand through that through that process because you know there's a reason that even if you look at things like um nba top shop they never mention crypto they never mention blockchain and they are you know such a hugely successful um activation around nba and it's it's you you can't be good at nba top shot if you're just interested in crypto you, you but you can be good if you're really interested in basketball because it's about spotting the next generation or the you know the rookie of the season at the beginning of the season who no one backs but actually you find them and you collect them and then they're worth something at the end of the season so you know i think 
the same reason we don't talk about necessarily NFTs. We didn't yes. talk about NFTs in the Selfridges Project. We recently did a, an AR scavenger hunt where we dropped NFTs across um, across London for a big credit card company to showcase their rewards program. They were NFTs. They were off-chain NFTs. We never called them NFTs. We only called them, you know, we dropped digital prizes across the map and people went out there and found them. We, you know, we found the people who played the game were hugely engaged and they were the ones who moved the dial the most, you know, mm-hmm. 40% up in spontaneous awareness of that brand who are a big brand that most people would, would, would know very, very well. Um, and it wasn't just younger Gen Z audiences, but it was people who were out and about in London and saw a an activation there and went and scanned it and played the game. And, you know, so I, I feel like, I feel like we, we've all been through more of a kind of digitization of our lives um yeah, whether it's so you know doing this virtually more than more than we used to whether it's <laughs> facetiming grandparents or you know visiting more conferences online or um you know and it's not just even gaming and metaverse but i saw a study recently said that the average person spends three years of their life updating their social media profile oh my god (laughs) wow Wow. all right this is crazy (laughs) this is actually crazy so the idea of a digital persona isn't necessarily new either it's it's been around for a long time it's just now people are spending more time as digital selves and therefore they're more likely to work to represent who they are and that potentially leads to people being willing to spend money to enhance their digital persona or to showcase and buy things that reflect that. It's funny that you said about digital persona because like something that, you know, like myself, you know, I've been noticing that is this digital persona is actually a thing because if you look up a person, like the same person on Instagram, she's one person or he is one person, but then you go to LinkedIn, it's a different digital persona in there. But then if you go to Twitter, it's actually another one, but we're actually talking about the same person. But we are, as a human being, we are creating digital personas differently across social platforms because we are behaving differently in each social platform. And I think that will be the same for Metaverse because we're going to have to to create our own avatar. Mm -hmm. So how our avatar is going to look like when, for example, I can give an example of myself, would I want it to be myself on, as an avatar or I wanted to create a completely new Myra that perhaps I've dreamed of, but I cannot be a real person and I'm going to be a different persona in there. So I think it's a, it is, we think, I agree with you, we think that is a new thing, but actually we've been creating our digital personas for quite a while, right? So it's not a, something that is just happening now. It was really interesting actually when, when Decentraland did their Metaverse Fashion Week back in March and we did an activation in there for, for a, it was a bit of a proof of concept. We opened a venue in there and, and we held a, a kind of sci-fi fashion show in there. And it was funny seeing people like colleagues who aren't necessarily crypto native, they're not necessarily gamers or metaverse native, a colleague of mine. Um, and she found herself going to Fashion Week with the base avatar going i don't want the base avatar i want to i want to like i want to dress this up i'm gonna buy it. so she ended up buying things in there and dressing it in there because she would wow. she wouldn't want to turn up to fashion week not looking special right and it was 
as someone who was relatively kind of skeptical at the beginning, ended up buying things in there and actually showcasing it. And, and what, what I think what you notice actually is people don't necessarily want to just look like themselves in there either, whereas perhaps they do on LinkedIn and other platforms. In here, people are a bit more yeah, no, willing to maybe um, experiment and and be a kind of larger than life version of themselves, or maybe a slightly different version. And of that themselves. is going to be the the biggest challenge for brands, right? Because Nowadays we do the we target direct consumers, but eventually we're gonna have to think how to direct to avatar, right? Because the the behavior that I might gonna have on you know in a you know retail store, it might gonna be the same as I will have on an experienced retail mm -hmm. store. Mm -hmm. So how how brands will have to understand customer behavior? And the two, you know, two two verticals on offline and online, and I think this is definitely a conversation that we we can keep for our next episode because I wanted to understand like how it brands will have to like two X as I said to create a strategy to direct it to avatar because mm -hmm. it's going to be a completely different customer behavior that brands will have to understand. Son, we could stay here forever talking because it's a very interesting topic for us. And of course, for our listeners here of our Influence and Uncovered podcast. So thank you so much for taking the time. Such a, you know, rich conversation we have today. So really appreciate your time. Ross, yeah. thank you so much. Thanks, Mario. Yeah, it's an amazing conversation. I mean, some of the insights and some of the, just the, the flow of a lot of the discussions that we've had. It's good to know that like everyone's having the same thoughts about exactly, these things as well exactly, when approaching exactly. these topics especially with brands so uh thank you so much sam it's been a pleasure my absolute pleasure yeah thanks for having me it's been really good really good talking and, and please yeah please do feel free to come down and yeah i wanted to visit i will like next i'm gonna you know email you saying so when can i come and visit you and yeah, see your do. work you've been doing so congratulations for all the work that you guys has been doing i saw as i said the selfish you know immersive experience you guys created really really impressed mm. and i'm uh, looking forward to continue to see you guys you know rocking to that space and hopefully we can learn more from you so thank you so much and thank you for everyone that has been listening to us today here at our influence uncovered podcast hope you have enjoyed this rich conversation we have with sun and ross and if you're not following us yet please do so on spotify youtube amazon and apple so again, thank you so much for the audience. Thank you so much for listening to us. And I hope to see you soon on our next episode. Thank you and grateful as always. Thank you so much.